Welcome to E to the Power of Three, a podcast of Bridging the Gap, where our mission is to encourage, equip, and empower every woman on her faith journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Kristen, and today we're honored to hear from the BTG director, Kara Lund, as she has a conversation with our podcast host, McKelty Bloom. In this leadership episode, they will be discussing the history and purpose behind the Thrive Conference, as well as what you can look forward to at this October event in Rochester, Minnesota. You'll also have a sneak peek from one of our speakers, Alex Seeley. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Bridging the Gaps E to the Power of Three. I'm McKelty, and today we have a little fun special feature for our leadership edition. We are going to be talking today all things the Thrive Conference. And if you are not familiar with the Thrive Conference, you will be very familiar with it by the end. We are going to talk about who's going to be there, what you can expect, all of the fun things that are already set into motion to make sure it is the best weekend. And we cannot talk about Thrive without interviewing our um, fantastic director, Carol Lund, who orchestrates it all. So we are honored to have you with us today, Carol, to talk about all things Thrive. Okay. Thank you, McKelty. And you know, um, as as I was thinking about this little interview, it, it just really excites me and thrills me because we're, we're at um, a new junction mm-hmm. in the road. And Thrive started approximately five years ago. So we've had five Thrive conferences. But I say all that to say it really didn't start five years ago. It started eight years ago because we started laying the foundation of Thrive mm-hmm. approximately eight years ago. And it it took about that long to make mm-hmm. to put all the details in place and put all the teams in place and and to just design it in such a way that we knew this is what God wanted us to do. Mm-hmm. And Thrive is massive now. I mean, you guys were maxed out of the old venue and now we're yes. moving on to a new one. But yes. I would love to hear where did Thrive come from? You know, where did this name Thrive? What is the heart behind the Thrive Conference? Okay. It's it's actually pretty simple. Um, the Lord laid the Thrive Conference without a name on my heart approximately 10 years ago. And it took me a long time to just have the courage mm. to to just take that leap of faith and to actually make all the significant changes and to make all the significant moves to make it all happen. Mm-hmm. And it didn't just happen overnight. And where did it come from? It came from... Um, Okay, here's it, it, there were several things. Like one of the things was I wanted to condense events so that women could go to one really good, mm. rich, deep event. And yet, as I coach each of the speakers, I want them to cast a wide, wide net, and I want it to be for everyone. Yet, I want them to go really deep into the word. Mm -hmm. And a lot of speakers can't do that, Mm -hmm. but we coach them that direction. And that's that's where we go. So I wanted to condense for our population of people. And and so oftentimes there's so many things to go to. Um, But if we had one really outstanding conference to go to or or strive for that, That was kind of what was behind this. Yeah. And then years of praying, 
literally years of praying. And um, and we started very small, small beginnings. I, I believe mm. in small beginnings. Mm-hmm. And we didn't max out the, like the last two years, we've maxed out the convention center and um, excluding COVID. Yeah. Um, we've maxed it out. But prior to that, we didn't. And so we started small and we kept building up our database lists. And, mm-hmm. But really, the Thrive Conference goes back to this. It goes back to encourage, equip, and empower every single woman on her faith journey. Mm-hmm. And so it is. That is our mission statement. And so it is with Thrive. It's about giving women encouragement. It's about equipping them with whatever the speakers have to say, and then just um, empowering them to go out and to live to live beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. I love that. And every year there's a theme. Mm-hmm. There's been f- some fantastic themes in the, in the past. Yes, but absolutely. what is the theme this year, and where did your heart for that theme come from? You know, it's interesting. Uh, the theme for this year is greater. And, of course... The theme was chosen after, a, again, a great deal of prayer mm-hmm. and a great deal of brainstorming. And the theme was chosen long before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting in my car on a three-way call and um, with Lisa Damoth and with Angie Gatz. I, I, w- I was sitting in a parking lot, and we were on this conference call, and this this word greater kept coming up and coming up and coming up. And all I know is one of the gals that morning said, you know what, it, it's God is the one that we're going to honor in year 2021. Mm. God is the one that gets should get all the credit. Yeah. He is the one that is greater than than anything that we can do or anything that we can say. And I, re- I really feel that the theme should be greater. Mm-hmm. And we were in complete one accord. Mm-hmm. I mean, just one accord completely. And so it has been greater for a long time, like, yeah. like a year and three quarters, mm-hmm. almost two years. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I'm getting tears in my eyes right now just thinking of how powerful that theme is for this year. It is. And thinking about what so many women have been through in the last couple of years and just needing that reminder of how much greater our God is than anything that we have been through the discord and yes. that we've experienced and the heartbreak and the the pain and how it's going to be such a reminder and a celebration of a yes. look at how great our God is. Yeah. And you know this this is exactly why we we started going down this road in the first place because the word that the Lord had given me and this is 3 years ago mm. was the word celebratory. Mm. And yet that word didn't fit, but out of the, out of brainstorming, that word celebratory came the word greater. But I look at what people I look at what people have gone through this past year, and God is greater than anything we have previously encountered, we are currently encountering, mm-hmm. or we will encounter. Mm, yeah, anything. He He is greater, and so. This year at Thrive, 
we're we're just going to celebrate how great our God is. Yeah. What can we expect at Thrive this year? What's the I know there's things that aren't <laughs> announced yet or, you know, released, but what are some of the the things that women can anticipate or some of the speakers that we're going to be having? Yep, I'll share a, a bit. You know, Everything this year, as I was sharing with McKelty earlier, everything's up for grabs. Everything <laughs> is about change. Yeah. So obviously, as most of you know, we have moved from St. Cloud, Minnesota to Rochester, Minnesota, and primarily because of logistical reasons. And so as we have been planning, um, a lot of the things that I have put on the table and others have put on the table are, should we do this? This would be different. Mm-hmm. And I have shared this over and over again with numerous people. You know what? This year is about change. A- another element that we're going to cast is uh, we're not going to be having a student lunch or or luncheon or whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it. Um, we're going to be going down a different different path there. But we're some of the interesting things that I think are going to come about is um, we're going we're hoping to do like a really fun Friday night besides having hopefully almost a hundred exhibitors or vendors. Mm-hmm. we're We're thinking about doing a, a chocolate night and Ooh. we're thinking about <laughs> doing some, you know, the other thing is or bringing food kiosks in. Mm-hmm. And we've just we're we're just brainstorming a ton of ideas, and we're excited about them. But then, as I web over to our speakers, I think about Alex Seeley is going to open up yes. the conference on Friday night, and she's also going to close out the conference on Saturday. And I love her. I love her speaking. I love her depth. And I just remember from two years ago, she was our keynote main session speaker for our last session, and she offered an, the, mm-hmm. an altar. And I thought, oh, this, this could be interesting, having a large altar service at the end. But the, the windows of heaven absolutely opened, yeah. and there was how she did it was so organized and so tasteful and the windows of heaven were just open and lives were touched mm-hmm. lives were people were ministered to and then i think about um I'm excited to bring Andy Andrews back, and she is going to do two hours of leadership Mm -hmm. on Friday afternoon. And I'm excited to bring Havila to Minnesota. I have not had her, used her as a speaker, but we're excited about having her. And then uh, Brittany Jones, um, young mom, has quite a story, Mm. quite a story, and many today as as McKelty and I were talking about early or this year has been full of anxiety and mm-hmm. depression and discouragement and all of the above but some people suffer from a lot of those things and have suffered all of their lives and Brittany Jones is going to bring that to the table mm-hmm. and so um, that's 
part of our lineup. Yeah. I mean, it is such a fantastic lineup. I mean, Alex Celia, like you were talking, I was remembering how much of a powerhouse she is and she'll challenge you and encourage you all in yep. once. It's so many, so many great speakers. And as we're just kind of wrapping up, because we also have a little bit of a sneak peek for yep. people after this, they get yep. a little bit of a teaser of what they can expect hearing from. But I would love for you to just share why are women's conferences important? You know, what what piece of it? Why is it important for women to be together in worship and growing in our faith as one? You know, I think I could probably capture that in one or two sentences. People need people. Mm-hmm. People need people. We need each other. And we we need one-on-one. We need small groups. We need small smaller gatherings. But to be able to worship together at a larger event like a women's conference is enormous. Mm -hmm. Just being able to experience worshiping with one another. Mm -hmm. And you know, as I look back, uh, one of our marketing people said to me, this is a while back, this is about a year, maybe two years ago, she said to me, she said, what what makes Thrive different than other conferences? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm not sure. I, well, she said, you have consistent attendance. Mm. You have increase in attendance. You have people wanting to come back. And I said, you know, I think it goes back to a, a couple of things. And one of them is this. Um, I, I, it's always prayer. It always mm-hmm. goes back to prayer. But I said, we offer an altar. We offer an altar, not at every session, but we do offer an altar. And I think women are hungry for that because there's a lot of people that attend uh, churches that don't necessarily offer a public altar. Mm. And uh, and we do. And, um, And I think people really appreciate that. And then again, I go back to this statement. I mean, it's our mission and vision statement, encourage and equip mm-hmm. and empower every woman mm-hmm. on her faith journey. Yeah. And I just love women's conferences. If you're ever around me at a women's conference, you can clearly see the pure joy on my face. And I think my favorite part of it is honestly being intentional with your girlfriends and mm-hmm. having that time to just spark vulnerability with each other and be real. For some reason, that weekend away is so important where you're just able to bond and feel open and you're hearing these encouraging statements and these messages that just spark realness for you. And that's always my favorite part. And that's what I pray for this year is that there are so many women that are coming together and just pouring into each other and growing in their faith with each other. And I mean, I just have so much value in that. And so I really pray that for all of these women coming into. Thank you, McKelty. Thank you. But Everybody, please, please, please check out the Thrive Conference on the Bridging the Gap website. There are going to be, like Carol said, fantastic speakers. There are going to be all these exhibitors that are there with fantastic clothes. I always love their clothes. I have to pick some up. But there's going to be fun and music and worship and just a lot of laughs and intentional time together. So check it out on the website. And with that, we are going to share with you guys just a little teaser. Alex Seeley has 
has sent us a fantastic short clip, just a message that she has um, provided. And we want to play that for you um, to get you excited to hear more from her and others at our Thrive Conference. So enjoy. Hi, uh, it's Alex Seely from The Belonging Company in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'm honored to be sharing with you um, a small mini sermon, if you like, on the topic of greatness. Um, you know, I love being an American. Uh, I've been an American now for a couple of years. We've become American citizens. And the thing that I actually really love about the people of this country is they love to celebrate greatness. Um, they're not intimidated by greatness um, because in Australia it's different. Uh, we have this thing called the tall poppy syndrome. Uh, a poppy is a plant that um, all grows at the same level. They're these beautiful flowers that all grow to the same level and every now and again you'll get this tall poppy that will stand high above all the other poppies and uh, what they normally do is just cut that tall poppy off so that everyone can be at the equal standard and that's what we call um, our culture which is not very good in Australia this tall poppy syndrome where if people uh, go above or become greater we have a tendency in Australia the culture will be to cut you down and bring you down to the status quo and I don't think that's a kingdom principle as well but I found that in the church we fear believing that we are called to be great but actually I believe God has called us to have greatness in each and every one of us. It's the great people that actually do things. It's not just the average or the, the, the people that are just, uh, you know, coasting by that actually change the world. It's the ones that are willing to do what it takes to step out in faith, to be the risk takers that end up becoming great. Um, but we sometimes we look at it in a negative sense. But I think... The only thing that makes greatness wrong is our motive. If our motive is to be great so that we can self-glorify, then yes, being great is not a great thing. But in order to be great, to change something and bring value to a place and make it better than how we found it is actually what I believe God has all called us to. And I want to read to you, um, from Matthew chapter 20, uh, verses 20 to 28. And it's a great story in Scripture. It says, Then the mother of, Ze of the Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with, with her sons and kneeling down asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and at the other your left in your kingdom. Oh, you don't know what you are asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup that I am going to drink? Oh, we can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant. When the two brothers, Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you 
must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I love this story so much because honestly, you could slot any mother in this day and age uh, with that same uh, situation where every mum wants their kid to be the greatest. Every mum wants their kid to be the best. Everyone wants their child to have that place of prominence and notoriety. But I love that Jesus says, well, you are going to drink of the cup because what you think is great actually takes a lot to get there because I'm about to die in order to become great. Um, And you will end up dying for the cause of Christ. But to sit on my left and my right and take that place of prominence, that's actually not even for me to decide. That's my father. But what I want you to know is that in order to be great, there is a method. And in order to be great, you've got to learn how to serve first. He's not saying, how dare you want to be great? Who do you think you are that you should think of yourself as great? No, he just gives us the recipe to true greatness. And the true recipe to greatness is becoming a servant because Jesus was our greatest example of already being the greatest on earth and heaven and under the earth, yet he lowered himself and made himself of no reputation that he endured the cross to death. He came to serve, not be served, and now is even greater because he is the name above all names. He is the Lord of Lords. He is the King of Kings. He is our King Supreme. And I love that he said to us, in order to be great, I don't want you to do it the world's way. I don't want you to do it by lording over. I don't want you to be taking control. I want you to come in a posture of servanthood. And if you look at the Old Testament and you look at the men and women of God, you would see that those that were often the greatest were often the greatest servants. And if I think about one that stands out, and that is David. King David was the ultimate servant. In fact, I believe he was a foreshadow of the type of Jesus that was to come. David, a man after God's own heart, a man who understood authority and how to submit to it, a man that always saw himself as someone to serve rather than to be served. He served his father as a shepherd in um, the desert. He served Saul even when he was wicked. He served his brothers when he brought lunch to them on the battlefield. He never usurped authority. He served when it cost him everything. He served God even with his finance and with his life. He honored God. He continued to serve his friend Jonathan and even um, the, the, the descendants of Saul by looking after the only heir left. You see, we are called called to serve in order to be great. And I believe the greatest men and women on this earth today are the ones that know how to humble themselves and serve. Stephen in the New Testament was a man who waited tables and served, yet he was the first one to preach the gospel and be martyred for it. And he became the greatest uh, man 
to to share the gospel and in in fact lost his life over it so many of us try to be great in the world's eyes but god is actually asking us to do it the kingdom way i know that for me god has taken me on a journey that it's not actually about becoming great in man's eyes it's be, by becoming great in god's eyes And the greatest compliment that you will ever be given on the other side of eternity is well done, good and faithful servant. Not well done, good and faithful CEO. Not well done, good and faithful senior pastor. Not uh, well done, good and faithful finance director. Not well done, good and faithful worship leader. Everyone will get the same wonderful affirmation of well done, good and faithful servant, because there really is only one great, and that is our King. And if He could humble Himself and come to serve mankind, even though He created us in His image, then who are we to think that we are anything great apart from Jesus inside of us? I hope that this generation learns the art of becoming great by learning how to serve first. Because if we learn how to serve, we will be the greatest leaders because we will always treat others the way we ourselves want to be treated. We will always look at others um, the, the same way God does. And we won't lord it over people. We won't use people as commodities And we will actually cause the kingdom of God to advance. So I want to encourage you today. If you see yourself as small and you fear thinking that, well, what about if I want to be great? Check your motive. If you want to be great so that you feel better about yourself, then maybe ask God, why is it that I want to be great? But if you want to be great because you want to change the world and bring the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, then God's going to say, learn to serve. And as you serve, God's going to use you in great and mighty ways that ultimately God will get the glory and you will have a part to play in seeing the kingdom of God manifest here on earth. And that one time when we get to see our maker on the other side of eternity, you will get to hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you have called each and every one of us to be great. That's something that we shouldn't have to fear or think less of in our world today. But God, I pray that we would check the motives of our heart in why we want to be great. You are great. And because we live in you and you in us, that's what makes us great. It's the God inside of us. So God, I pray that as we humble ourselves and choose to become servants and choose to serve rather than be served, that you would elevate us at the appointed time, but for the sole purpose that souls will be saved and the kingdom of God would advance here on earth. I thank you for your kindness and I thank you for who you are and I thank you for the great example that you've been to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for this leadership episode of E to the Power of Three. We were honored to hear from Carol Lund and McKelty Bloom as they talked about what to look forward to at this year's Thrive Conference. 
I don't know about you, but I'm excited for all of the new shopping and food experiences that Rochester has to offer. Plus, so many of these options are available by Skyway. You can park once and go from your hotel to the conference and everything in between without ever having to move your car. See details about the October 1st and 2nd event at the Mayo Civic Center by registering at btgthriveconference.org.